Today, our guest is Shivakumar Shivanetra, and he's an exponent of Garbha Vigyana, the Vedic pre and perinatal science. He's also a Jyotish Acharya and has engendered a fusion of ancient astrology and modern pre perinatal sciences. He received his initiation into Shivanetra Parampara from Guru Ma Skandamira Shivanetra. He undertook vigorous sadhana and was trained and guided into powerful spiritual knowledge and practices by her. He's the founder of Omnio Future Academy, an online platform for education through which he trains and empowers parents, prenatal and infant educators. Shiva, uh, Shiva Kumar Shivanetra is the author of Blessing Before Birth, a comprehensive set of in utero reading books in nine volumes. These address the learning, growing and knowledge needs of unborn, unborn children, infants and growing children through early stages of life. He has also authored several books, including Abhimanyu Effect, dealing with prenatal pattern formations and their effect across life stages. Handbook of Prenatal and Infant Development, a Guide for Practitioners of Early Education. He's deeply involved in holistic guidance and grooming of children, teenager, adults, parents, educators, and socially aware individuals at Omnio Learning Centers in India and Brazil, which focus on actualization of human potential. Babaji, as he's fondly called, travels widely, delivering talks and lectures to audience at various fora in India and abroad. And it is my great pleasure to welcome him to CoffeeCon 2020. Namaste, Shivoham, Shivoham, Shivoham. So welcome to this. We have been having a whole month of talking about birth and babies in very aspects. And we did get a glimpse into prenatal period from the Western perspective. But I know because I have interacted with you, I know that you will bring us a world of wisdom about what our ancient scriptures and our ancient knowledge talks about in utero uh, growth, development, prenatal uh, patterns, and also in utero communication, the communication between the outside and the inside. So let's begin right there. Let's talk about what is in utero communication mean. Namaste Divyaji and greetings to all your viewers as well. It's wonderful to be here with all of you. Thank you so much for inviting me to this uh, confluence again. It's always a confluence of energies, right? Yes. So this is yet another confluence of energies. Well, what is in utero communication? You know, very simply, I think we keep hearing of terms of uh, uh, possibilities of conversations or some sort of communication happening between the baby and the parent while the baby is still in the womb. So any form of communication, and there are typically three facets which go with that. Uh, it would be the aspect of sound. It could be the aspect of vision, sight, which could be in the form of uh, language scripts, patterns, etc. And the third dimension would be the understanding or the awareness which arises out of that so there is a there is a brilliant mixture of all of these which makes a complete bonding or understanding or relationship occur between the baby and the parent or anybody who's engaging with prenatal communication let's put it that way so in utero enco encompasses all of these all of these facets 
Okay. And could you just talk about how you would simplify and say, even for parents who are hearing it or those who are planning a baby, because we know it's also predating conception, what could be the simplest way of starting to explore it? Well, uh, we from India have a tradition of knowing about these possibilities through various scriptures, historical narratives, stories, mythology, a whole lot of things which contribute to the innate knowledge in which uh, India has existed. So most uh, mothers of India or most parents in India would be aware that some sort of a communication is possible. So whenever I've asked people like, uh, do you think uh, communication with a baby is possible? So automatically they say yes. Most people say yes. And then I say, can you give me an example? And this is a general audience. If I ask them for an example, immediately they say, of course, we know Abhimanyu. Abhimanyu learned in the book. So the point is that the fact that it's a knowledge basis of its own and known to people is kind of ignored or kind of given a secondary treatment in the course of the usual way we deal with you know, the object of scientific world. So that's one of the realities in which we exist. However, uh, we believe that uh, if you really probe the issue and say that, can I begin to talk with my baby and uh, make it a formalized learning and uh, impart knowledge and the baby response and can I read what the baby is saying? These are kind of vaguely left out. You're really not sure whether this happens or not. And the premise on which we say that this may not be possible is usually on the basis of the understanding that this is unscientific, unproven, etc. Right. So if we look at it in a very simplistic manner, is a communication or is a conversation, is a knowledge transfer, is any kind of engagement between a parent and a baby while the baby is inside the womb possible? Now, there are innumerable, innumerable examples anecdotally. But let's talk about what the modern science says. Okay. Now, this is where it becomes very interesting. So there are cases now, and the world of prenatal, perinatal sciences, of which both you and I are a part of, you know, they've brought out tremendous literature and the world is really bursting with knowledge of this kind. Let me quote one of them. For example, the University of Bristol, they have research records of longitudinal studies. Now, what are, It's about 1600 samples of women who are pregnant in the uh, 1900s and their children being studied in the ages of 8, 11, 13, 15, meaning this is virtually a 20 year longitudinal study which has been undertaken. And I think in 2018, 2019, this report came out. So uh, Professor Jean Golding, she's calibrated it and introduced a particular term. Let's, uh, she's called it uh, the locus of control. So if the locus of control, which simply translated, simply means how confident is a mother that she's actually linking up with the baby? How, how much does she believe that she's in control of the situation? And things are, you know, not really random and desperate, but actually I'm in command, I'm in control. So the moment she has the locus of control with her, the studies have overwhelmingly indicated that the child at all these ages, 8, 11, 13, 15, has done exceptionally well. Where? In math, 
in science and in many other subjects. So there are countless researchers which have proved this. The kind of bonding which takes place in utero leading to beneficials, both in, the, in terms of the development of the baby whilst in the womb, and thereafter, as the baby grows through the course of influency, and as many of these longitudinal studies are indicating, right to the age of 18, 20, 25, these are observed. And we know anecdotally, like people picking up musical tones, people remembering incidences which have happened, people living traumatic you know, existences on the basis of what has transpired in the course of their prenatal journeys whilst in the womb. So each of these as recalls have been documented now, studied, researched, understood. So if anybody asks, can a baby uh, know if the parents are speaking? Of course, yes. Does the baby understand what's happening in the environment? Of course, yes. So every one of these means of communication, what we do as normal adults or the external environment, truly, significantly, fully passes on to the baby. And I'll emphasize this. It fully passes on to the baby. Let's make no mistake that the baby has access to more than what we, what we can potentially imagine. We have no idea of the capabilities of the baby. Okay. Yeah. So as you're saying this, I remember something. I teach a course in communication as a part of a doula program. And they say that what you do or don't do, what you say or don't say, constitutes communication. Absolutely. So that's so true for the baby because they have such an inside or core view of the whole situation. Even when you don't do, even that is communication to the baby. That's what I heard from you. So I just remembered that quote that it, it's still saying something to the baby and therefore we come to the importance, you know, the significance of this in utero communication, our awareness of it. So how is it facilitated now that we know that it's important? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, uh, it's important for us to understand the perspectives which we can deal with, okay? First and foremost, what are the capabilities of the child inside the womb, okay? Like we as adults, we have certain capabilities for knowing and learning and uh, communicating. So what are those which are available with us? First and foremost are sensory faculties, be it the sense of sight, uh, sound, smell, taste, all the five senses. Now, we know from pre and perinatal research included that the baby has, through the course of the womb journey, starting from the seventh week, you have the tactile or the touch sensation significantly developing. By about 14th week, you have the sense of taste developing, sight at about 10 weeks or so. So the period of gestation is a very important period because all these faculties are developing. And the astounding thing with babies is that, babies inside the womb, is that all these faculties are put to test as the baby grows. Not just a test, it's actually work. So it works as the work is in progress. Unless it works, the progress is not fully done. So that's the brilliant thing. So unless the primitive heart cells don't function like the heart, the full development of the heart as an organ does not happen. Yeah. So that's incremental as we know it. So knowing that, the entire organism of the baby has all the sensorial faculties developing and the inputs potentially can come in through the sensory faculties. So we know that the baby takes in, for example, inputs of parents singing or teaching or certain utterances or words, etc. 
the baby gets in. How does it get in? It must be either through sound or some other mechanism. What could be the other mechanism? So there are uh, there are viewings of say TV serials which people watch or movies which they could have seen. There will be a recall for the baby. So it could be uh, something so intricate and so detailed and the baby would be knowing it. So that communication, verbal and non-verbal, verbal, gets facilitated there through the census itself. Now, the second level, we know that uh, genetic information is coded into the child. So genes and the genetic information are part of what that baby is has acquired. So there's knowledge there and that knowledge transference is automatically put into the child. Now, these are very well known, both from the scientific perspective and the general perspective in which people exist. But if I were to argue that there are faculties beyond this, then at the level of epigenetics, there is an awareness that, okay, possibly there are other things from outside, outside of the being itself, outside of the cell, outside of the human dimension and the physical form. So that could be in what form? It could be energies of any kind. So epigenetics started off as saying, you know, it could be the adjoining cells or the adjoining organs, or it could be now you know that if a mother during the course of pregnancy has a heart attack, the baby's cells, stem cells are reaching out to the mother and trying to cure the ailment there. So you know that the baby is tremendously capable. This concept of epigenetics has moved beyond the body and the physical. Now, you can link in anything which comes from the outside. What could it be? It could be sunshine. It could be pollution. It could be people speaking. It could be the general environment. Like right now, you have the scare of Corona. Yeah. Like what happened on 9-11? All the babies born at that time have been impacted severely. We all know this, right? Similarly, so the babies who are really passing through this Corona period would, would definitely take in all the signals of what is happening there but extend this beyond epigenetics as well. What happens? There is a core innate capability which has been put into the child. And for this, we need to understand what the child is. The child, unless we understand the continuum of human life, we just imagine that as a, as a zygote which gets formed by the fusion of the sperm and the ova and thereafter it divides and thereafter it just grows into differentiated cells and a mass of cells become organs and thereafter a human being. That's one part of it. There is a deeper science and this is what um, you know uh, awakened people both in the prenatal world, scientific world and the spiritual world are speaking about. Now, all of them are talking about the spirit realm and the spirit baby and invoking a baby from the spirit realm and causing the development through the womb as well. Now, what, what indeed is the spirit? The simplest way we can understand is to go back to our scriptures again, you know, because the world of modern science, which is objective, which is evidence based through the senses, has a certain limitation when you work at it. Now, for example, your eyes have a certain capability. You can't look at... Uh, certain frequencies beyond the your frequencies. Your ears cannot hear beyond 20 and 20,000 hertz. So does it mean that nothing exists be below or above? Of course, a lot exists. So if we understand that simple format that we may not be able to get everything from the senses, beyond the senses, things do exist. And this is where modern science is progressing significantly into. 
where does ancient wisdom con- contrast with this ancient wisdom says this ab initio meaning this is a given why because human construct involves beyond the body mind and emotions yet another construct which is the foundation of the spiritual construct which is called the vigyanamaya kosha or loosely translated into english as subconscious whether it's called subconscious superconscious etc are matters of terms now this capability or this ability is there with the baby why is it so how do we know that this capability exists first of all what is this capability this is a quick this thing and i think we have spoken it privately but i think the audience should know about it yes for instance let's start uh operating with the senses like right now i'm speaking and i'm sure the members of the audience are watching me and you on the screen the color of our dresses the voice which is being carried through the texture of the chair or the seat on which they are seated now each of these is a signal is a sensory signal so aggregated the adult human conscious mind which is what you and i and all the audience here are in what are we adult conscious human mind operating with that faculty we pick up signals of sight sound color texture all of these with our senses and the totality of the number of signals we pick up is about 40 signals per second 40 bits of information per second contrast this to what the baby inside the womb picks up the baby picks up 20 to 40 million signals per second which is 2 to 4 crore signals per second now who says this dr bruce lipton in fact in biology of belief he quotes these numbers okay so the world of science is speaking about it the truth is that the baby has infinitely more capacity and capability than what we know of it's a completely dynamic completely dynamic entity which is sitting there which faculties which are far far superior to the conscious adult mind and it's waiting there to pick up these signals for what purpose to pick up signals to create the templates for living its life it's so simple all the templates of life are being fed into the child through this subconscious mechanism so let me just complete. sounds like a super computer oh, yes just just a few seconds the i would like to end on this note to say that if you reckon the subconscious into account which is called subliminal by people and the western world is trying to grapple with it you know psyche and B, bcbst and a whole lot of other things which are coming about trying to grapple with the uh, subconscious what we knew of as the subconscious or the vigyanamaya of a human construct is what the baby is endowed with 24 bar 7 bar every day of its prenatal perinatal as also the course of infancy which is a, which is the period of about 2 years from the date of birth now what makes this period really fascinating really fascinating is that this period of which we now call as the golden period which is preconception pregnancy and infancy is the period where the baby lives in the super superly charged environment because we know it's the wave the brain waves which are operating in the baby as the baby's neurological impulses are developing it is in the subconscious plane all the while how do we define the subconscious plane in the scientific world 
if you look at the brain waves since 24 bar 7 and the ability to process that data or information and make templates for its life with all the faculties at at its command be it sensorial be it genetic be it uh, epigenetic be it spiritual which is the subconscious realm so all of these put together the baby is in a far more powerful position than we know it to be so that being the foundational basis for subsequent life becomes so evident the moment you begin to peruse this knowledge and move ahead with that okay so we know the basis is this we know how this knowledge first and foremost comes into being in the whether the child is capable or not with this the second part of it would you like to uh, add something here or no i i'm saying that that question that i asked that how is it facilitated then becomes a little bit smaller in scope than what you just shared so maybe you know we're going to pick at it a little bit slower and also that we got a question coming in that when i share this information with expecting couples i try to be cautious as sometimes it tends to make them feel overwhelmingly responsible and how does one address that so you know it's i also felt the same way because this is such a powerful information uh, uh, baba ji because uh, you know and it's not as simple as saying to your baby or talk to your baby though that may be the simplistic way of just doing it if i didn't know anything and instinctively did it that may be a pathway but we want to kind of find the right words around it when offering it to uh, to pregnant couples because uh, we also live in a world where people have a lot of to do lists and they have a lot of performance to go with it so um, we'll take that question and then we'll go back to the original one as to how we use this in perspective but how do we share this knowledge with uh, with uh, couples so that they are not overwhelmed by it sure uh the point is this you know when you begin to listen to something which you are not familiar with it could invoke a sense of awe in you but if you are reassured that this has both scientific foundations as well as spiritual foundations which is the larger science if you would like to call it so it's not uh, you know tom dick and harry speaking about it this is the world of science which has now moved into that arena which is what ancient spirituality or ancient wisdom always said so the moment we have assured people who engage with us people take it you know people take it so easily so easily so the fact that yeah that knowledge is there and believe me human <laughs> human drives are so powerful you give this knowledge and one hour later the parents are on their own so they, have, they, they you know this knowledge would be there but to what extent will it be there continuously in their minds is another point however the effort is that if they retain this knowledge and keep this the channelization of the energies between themselves and the baby becomes eminently possible okay so it becomes it's human to forget not remember this knowledge but the more and more you invoke this knowledge and work with it it becomes a tremendous opportunity to engage with the baby and contribute to the prenatal developmental process ab initio and for us and for us the people who know about it the prenatal journey is not just of care of department of health care of department of health or the medical practice is one part of it if you look at it empirically even the government doesn't know where to put it they talk in terms of social welfare and try to put it under you know uh, uh, care which needs to be provided by social welfare ministry and some other ministry nobody really thinks of it as education ministry in fact even the new education policy 
it it speaks a few words about you know wanting to educate the baby prenatally etc although india has a signatory to to the the conventions united nations conventions including what who all of them are saying india has a signatory to that amongst the 48 countries who signed it right in the beginning 2 years ago was india so we have committed to the fact that the baby knows learns while it's the womb but our education policy is not doing much to actually educate the child inside the womb because talking to the mother and empowering the mother is one part of it but empowering the baby is another another part of it so what you try to do as empowerment to the parents should be the complete knowledge that this is the world of both science society because you have organizations like united nations which includes who which includes unicef which includes everybody speaking this knowledge so this is not baba ji just coming up and speaking some uh, spiritual concepts no this is not this is the world of today as we know who's which is speaking this language so the baby is in that position to take it in the parent needs to rise to the occasion in fact both the parents because generally the fathers believe their job is done and they're busy with their work or profession or whatever it is so they need to be aware even if they're working even if they are traveling there are cross continents the baby is connected to them because it has these uh, superb capabilities so with that the faculty of the baby's abilities the faculties which are available to the babies are pretty well known so let's look at how does this transference of information happen and this is something really fascinating you know as adults the way we look at first and foremost what is a uh, sound language is a collection of sounds right so it's a collection of sounds and put in a particular order and it makes sense to people so language and sounds go together sounds are an arrangement similarly a script will become the basis for shapes to be arranged in a particular way so if you get to the foundation of what language is either a sound or a script you will know it's either decibels of a particular kind certain waves and frequencies or you come down to the script which is basically a shape or a pattern now these are the media medium by which language transference and language communication happens so what do we do as adults when i am communicating what's happening is the moment i utter a sound i believe it's just the voice which is carrying but what's happening as soon as i see an object for example i look at this glass the moment i look at it as a glass i'll see the glass and glass as a vocalized phonetic thing gets into my being which is part of my neurological process along with that the script of it if i'm reading something the script of it along with the sound the shapes and patterns get decoded in my brain all of these fascinatingly assimilate to create the package of data which converts into information from that flows awareness and understanding this is the process by which an adult human being learns what's happening with the baby is that because of its immense capabilities the baby is 24 bar 7 accessing the minds of the parent okay the caregivers with no exception meaning they don't have a choice the baby automatically accesses the the minds of the 
parents. The moment the baby accesses the mind of the parents, it's private to whatever is happening there. Through the means of language, through the means of sounds, through the means of scripts and shapes and patterns. Along with this, another parallel processing happens. What is that? The parents are continuously linking back any data, any information which is coming to them as a part of the understanding process. Either they're referencing to their memory because they have a past experience about it and it comes up, including words or language words are part of memory. Or if it's not a part of conscious memory like that, recall memory, if it's something new, they will try to find analogies, comparisons, okay, all of that to fit that pattern and fit those waves and frequencies. So what's our baby doing? Our baby is picking up all of this and making it its own. How is that happening? This entire structure of data, knowledge, information is getting converted into energies which is now in the world of science called a new science of cymatics. The science of sound, shapes, patterns aggregated together as the new science of cymatics. Cymatic waves, energies, patterns are being created in the minds of parents and in the subconscious of parents. The baby accesses it and makes it a part of its own structure. Whether it wants to or not, it, the filtration happens in a, at a subsequent point of time, but the access cannot be denied. The baby accesses it and keeps it as a part of its repertoire and its uh, you know, inventory and says that I, if I want to, I will make use of it. So access is being given. And many times if the repetition happens, there is a tendency for the baby to pick it up. This is also possible. We know that subconscious learning is typically possible through repetitions. So that is a structure wherein cymatics emphasizes the shapes, patterns, which are what? Waves and frequencies in operation. And this is the transference mechanism for the baby to invoke. This is brilliant. Why? Because, you know, the latest of latest technology which we are talking about today, driverless cars, unmanned driving, okay, that uses an exact replica. Uh, since you're an engineer, you'll probably appreciate it. A new technology called LIDAR. Okay. Now, this is a formation which is being studied, which is basically, you know, what a car does when there's no driver is. There are the ABC pedals and the steering. That is one part of it. The second is the sensing part of what's there in the environment outside. So all those wave signals come into a centralized place or multiple sensors pick that up, process it, put it together. And there, based on that, your responses in ABC pedals, acceleration, brake, clutch, and steering, that happened. But if you look at what a LIDAR pattern looks like, it looks like a beautiful pattern. You know, nanosecond by nanosecond, virtually, you know, every second, multiple of these images are being formed, relayed into the vehicle, and the vehicle is making sense and driving. Now, if this is happening in the case of a car, can you imagine that happening in the case of a baby? It's so simple for people to imagine. So this baby is grasping in utero every bit of data which is coming into it, potentially processing it, making, you know, compartmentalizing it for utilization right now, later on, what it wants to do, alter its genetic code right now, later on, what it wants to do, every aspect of that the baby is private to. So it has the capabilities, it has the mechanism, it has all the knowledge coming from within 
which includes the genetic information and the without, which is from the parents, from caregivers, from environment, from uh, anybody else who's there in the environment. And this is the mechanism by which the communication or transference of abilities of reading, writing, learning, every one of it gets into the baby through the course of the prenatal journey. Okay, now if I continue on this slide, it becomes very, very obvious for us to say that, you know, all this is from uh, the world of science. How do I get and really link this up to the world of spirituality? Now, here is, you know, the world of spirituality has spoken so eloquently about all of these. In fact, you and I are private to some of these. What are these now? I'm, I'm just going to take reference of two major scriptures of India. Uh, one of them is part of Upanishads, which is the one of the pristine sources of knowledge. So Vedas and Upanishads as Shruti or that which was revealed knowledge which came into the Rishis. So that knowledge through Garbhopanishad. Now, if you look at Garbhopanishad, I, if I show it to you on the screen right now, it's it's an A4 size paper just put into one sheet, one single sheet. But the amount of information which is there in that, the amount of knowledge which is there in that is humongous. Humongous. People who do courses with us, you know, the Golden Period Educators courses or other courses, they're flabbergasted that this amount of knowledge is there in that one-page literature. Indeed it is because it's layered. All scriptural knowledge is layered. You need to you need to realize that you are the key and decode it, right? So that is part of the uh, intricacies of scriptural learning. So while that is happening, that profound knowledge is there with us. Yet another one, which is there is, you know, Garuda Puran. Now people think of it as a scripture of death. No, it's not. It's actually a copious literature of every facet of processes, both of life, afterlife, creation, every aspect of how a baby comes into life. Each of these, including psychological, physical, mental, every aspect of it is completely... You now, this knowledge is phenomenal. People think of, uh, you know, our scriptures sometimes as mythological. Oh, who knows? It might be fiction. We don't know about it. But, um, you know, since we have the time, let me take a few minutes and give you about uh, one other really relevant scripture in the, in the context of the conversation we are having, you know, the in utero space. Now, all of us know about uh, the Puranas, okay? We think of them as stories, especially people who have seen uh, Ramayana, Mahabharata, they tend to think of all these as very, uh, you know, possible historical or mythological narrations. But there is another side of viewing it. Let me take you into a scripture called Purana. Purana is actually the science of the subconscious. If you can really decode it, it's the science of the subconscious. Now, one such scripture, which is about 72,000 odd verses, is, some, is a scripture called Skanda Purana. Skanda Purana. Now, Skanda Purana has got one brilliant extract. We all know through Mahadev serial, Devonkadev Mahadev serial, right? What happens in the course of all of that? Here's a quick narration of what happens there. You know that, uh, you know, Sati, Shiva, that first engagement happens and then she uh, she goes back to her father's place against the advice of Shiva, then gets insulted. Her husband is insulted. So she jumps into the pyre. Shiva comes about and then uh, in the Rudra form, he destroys the entire Yajna and then carries Sati on his body and walks around till Vishnu comes in and chops the bodies off. And that's the origin of the Shakti Peach. That's one part of it. 
the story continues where she's reborn as parvati she's reborn as parvati and as parvati the devas the world of suras is very very keen to get shiva and parvati united why because even sati they had attempted because the redemption of the world is based on this fact what is that fact unless shiva and parvati come together to produce an offspring the world has no redemption from tarakasura tarakasura has dominated the entire world which includes you know earth devas gandharvas kinnaras every plane of existence has been dominated by Nar- uh, tarakasura now he is a very clever guy right he says that let me be killed this is a boon he gets from shiva saying that let me if at all be killed be killed by your son so knowing fully well that shiva is an ascetic uh, uh, non non bhogi and being of that temperament he believes that it can never happen so therefore he is invincible that story takes a further dimension where the devas try to egg the process what do they do they get kamadev kamadev to fire his cupid arrows at lord shiva who's who's doing a parvati is doing rigorous penances one after another to attract him but shiva is unmoved so to move the process they get kamadeva kamadeva fires his cupid arrows shiva opens his third eye and kamadeva is burned down in an instant now what happens there is interesting because rati devi who's the wife of kamadeva she curses parvati saying that for your sake my husband had to give up his life and get burnt i curse you that you shall not carry a child in your womb that your okay now look the grand plan of the devas to make sure that this this uh, this consummation yeah. happens to produce a child and it all goes out of the hey, way but then there are greater forces working the story moves on whereby parvati finally unites with shiva meaning their marriage happens and when the time when the devas approach saying that you know you need to beget a child that's when parvati goes and tells shiva saying that look i've been cursed long ago saying that i cannot carry a child in my womb and lord shiva gives a profound advice at that point of time parvati listen conception is not a physical act producing a baby is not a physical act it's of the dimensions of energies and you need to be in that position where we can fuse our energies to create that new being so lot of it passes by they produce with their energies this huge you know for the sake of convenience let me call call it the ball of energy which is also famous from the serials a ball of energy which is now so powerful that you need to find a person who can carry it agni cannot carry it he cannot hold it so he runs around trying to you know find a place he requests bhumi prithvi devi hold it she tries to hold it but she is not able to hold it so what can they do how can they hold this powerful energy they go to ganga devi ganga who is also symbolic of many pranic forces she holds this in her in her folds and therefore he is also known as agni agnilandana he is known as uh, gangeya he is known as shivaputra he is known as parvatiputra all of these and that child finally comes out in six parts taken care of by kritika sisters etc which is a separate story so while all of this is happening the baby is taken away to by the kritika sisters to um, it, to their fold 
for upbringing, nursing, all of that. Parvati as a mother has none of the motherly privilege, privileges. She can't carry the child in the womb. She can't nurse the baby. She can't do anything. And she is really, really in a very sorry state as any mother would. So she approaches Shiva again and says, look at my plight. I can't have my own child. I can't have my own motherhood intact. Shiva again comes in and says, makes a very profound statement. He says, Parvati, recall again that carrying a child is not a physical act. You need to work to make sure that what energies are required by the child are given by you. What you need to portray to the child is the realms of communication which are possible. So what you should do is, I'm giving you this. In fact, Shiva crafts out of his own hands a clay doll and gives it to Parvati and says, invoke, invoke prana into this, invoke life energy into this child and groom this child with all the knowledge of motherhood, of parenting, of communication, every bit of it which you can give, impart it to it so that it becomes a lesson or a model for the world to follow. And this entire scripture called Garbha Gita has been a part of our traditions, has been a part of our scriptures, you know, and unfortunately, there's no written script about it. It's available with certain paramparas. Now, having this script, understanding what all, what, what is the kind of knowledge or what is the kind of information which needs to be given to the baby as it's there in the womb, what kind of development needs to happen, what is holistic development, what are the facets of knowledge which have to go for the body, which have to go for the mind, which has to go for the passive part of the mind, active part of the mind. You can get into phenomenal details. What are the range of emotions? How to manage emotions? How to think? How to work? Each of these is part of the scripture. So I have been privileged in the sense that, you know, I, 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 being a part of this parampara, we got this, I got this from my, from my parampara, from my guruma. And from there, I did this job of putting this together and and unfolding this conversation which Parvati has with the child. So it's a mother-child conversation which is put into a format in English for people to understand so that all of this is put together so that people can know what is the science of what holistic being is. What are thinking skills? What are affective science? Which is the range of emotions with which we deal? What is psychology with which the baby needs to be endowed with? What are the human sciences the baby needs to be endowed with? What are the... So like that, virtues which need to get into the baby. What are the reasoning skills the baby has to have? What are the patterns of signals the mind can pick up? How does it... This is the most important knowledge because based on this knowledge, whatever has to happen for the child will happen. It's important in many dimensions, three of them primarily. First is... If you want to give knowledge and empowerment to the baby, the best knowledge is what the baby truly needs. And this, as scriptures have deemed, and we know through pre and perinatal sciences, this kind of holistic knowledge is the primary need of the child. Second, the child grows into infancy after this. So there is a continuum. What is needed here gets into the continuum. And after that, into early childhood, pre-teenage, teenage, adulthood. It's all a continuum, one step linking to the next. So unless and until you are aware of it and creating those fundamental somatic patterns which are required for the child, you are really not giving the child the ability to progress into the world holistically, fully, which is basically what every parent wants to do. 
so if that it is that is indeed the purpose what is it that which we need to do as parents in the course of prenatal perinatal education that is the most fundamental part here we need to fundamentally understand that this baby has enormous abilities is eager for this knowledge looks out for knowledge of this kind so that it can build its templates for its future life all aspects of life nothing excluded all of this knowledge is available and the moment you make it available to the child the child is so eager to receive it soaks absorbs it and it has access to the minds of the parents subconscious of the parents actions of the parents every instant whether parents are conscious or sleeping or dreaming whichever state the baby picks up and learns so what is it that i want to do as a parent as a mood question if we get into prenatal education and this backed both by the science of the day as well as the spiritual essence of the world if you put this together you have a winning game the best you you know that vidya ji that after the nurturing care framework has been framed by united nations what do you do with a child how do you educate a child you really don't know so there's another con- committee which has been constituted under michel bachelet the former uh, president of chile i think she was so they're trying to find out how to educate the child why don't you just get into what is available with you so these scriptures in fact the entire patterning bit as yantras mandalas how intricate each of these energetic patterns is the sounds which can get associated with them every one of that is the very very powerful knowledge is it complicated no it's not 15 to 20 minutes per day is what a parent needs to spend and it becomes the most holistic education the parent or the child can transact and communicate with each other so tell me what else we could do what else could we do for the world we should really look at truly empowering babies holistically Yeah, I think I spoke for a long time. Yeah, no, there are a lot of things that came up. Some of our uh, viewers have set up questions, but there's one thing that you said that really touched me. Over the period of this month, we've had conversations with infertility people with infertility. We've had conversations with adoption, and the one pretty profound statement that you made about is that that uh, and we always say that the the baby, the conception is the intention of the parent. it starts there of course there it's it's not one event it's a sequence of things but it starts there so that really resonated with me and then we have a few questions saying how does prenatal imprint set the stage for adult behaviors how does it set or does it set at all well the fact is that it's a continuum of life what happens prenatally impinges upon infancy so pregnancy actually preconception it starts with that right where you invoke with the intention so with that intention an invitation is extended to to that grand confluence of energies to come into our midst or as a family preconception becomes the precursor to pregnancy pregnancy becomes the precursor to infancy which is the age up to 2 2 and a half years what is happening at each of these phases is very very different okay each of these is a very significant and a different phase in the course of human journey after that it becomes early childhood between the ages of 2 2 and a half to 6 7 then it becomes childhood up to the age uh, till typically you know uh, pre adolescence and at puberty a change a major change happens both phys- physically as also psychologically and spiritually so then teenage through young adulthood 
and full adulthood and through the course of life each one telescopes into the other yeah it telescopes into the other because what's happening is creating a much bigger impact later on in life so the earlier you focus the better is the patterning and better is the reward which you get in later life in what formats physical intellectual emotional spiritual devotional sensorial all of these faculties are developing in the child so what happens what you do in pregnancy speaks in speaks in infancy what you do in infancy speaks in childhood similarly it goes up right the major formation happens till the age of teenage you know and after that there's very little scope but the biggest period when the child is completely in the subconscious period is the golden period which is through the ages of uh, preconception pregnancy and infancy so you do it there you have a much better game now is this a game of producing einsteins no it's not it's not even that it's just that what i need to do what i would do after a child is born you know i would i don't leave it to chance to say that let the child not study it will automatically pick up i don't need to take it to the doctor even if it's unwell uh, because the child needs to get naturally cured you know these are myths which are there no it doesn't work you actually make an intervention and as a parent you want the child to get educated so you will send the child to school similarly you will send uh, you will give it medical attention like that if you start right in the beginning and give this knowledge this education to the child you are preparing the foundation from one step into this next step automatically many types of learning are possible the prenatal perinatal world is full of literature of what kind of activities you can do what courses you can do etc etc similarly omnia future academy also will be offering certain courses certain practices etc etc people who want to look at it can come onto our website or access it through you whichever way they can come into that the point is that recognize that there is a continuum work as a parent right in the beginning what happens here is so all the longitudinal studies have shown that what you do here impacts in the next place as well so might as well pick it up here and start so it does affect adult behavior so also we want to talk about a little bit see so we are talking about maybe we can rephrase i would like to rephrase it a little bit it's not like uh, should we do something or should we not do something what we are talking about is appropriate action not just uh, you know a tick boxing oh i have to do this i have to do this which can be very prescriptive in nature but but don't forget that we are also human so we have the same blueprint so we are finding resonance through a self exploration and this knowledge to our own human nature so that we can give the baby because the baby is downloading constantly we are giving the baby a template which is broad based and very very holistic which means that what the way we are living today may not be completely in sync with what nurtures our human selves so the ancient knowledge and the science is pointing us into a direction of who we can transform into before we become the parents of this child so that's a little bit of our qualification there is also a question saying do you believe that parents need to be taught this knowledge or does it also come intuitively yeah it's a i, I saw that question see intuitive knowledge is surely that because all of us are all knowledge always the question is how much of it we are consciously aware so unless you are coached or guided into some aspects of this of this you may not get the entirety of it so intuitively you don't need to educate the child so the child will learn by itself does not happen right so you send a child to school because you want somebody else to put in that knowledge for the child a doctor to take care of the child in a similar way what knowledge needs to get into the child you should be, find some resources 
and imbibe those resources and give it to the child because it's an aiding process you are parent is the critical or the key learning mechanism for the child so unless you prepare yourself with knowledge don't assume it's an automatic transfer process because the child has a vested interest to see see the child's mind at that imagine a mixer ghar ke andar jo mixi chalate na imagine that mixi if that mixi functions without anything being inside the mixer what happens it will burn out no that's exactly the baby's system 2 to 4 crore signals per second it can't afford to remain empty so if the parents do not put anything into it the baby will pick it up from anywhere else any caregiver somebody else or you know cosmic forces wherever it might be the baby because it has a need to survive it will pick up from anywhere and creates its patterns so you as a parent are in a position so it's better you realize that this is the capability of the baby and you have an opportunity if you do miss it it doesn't mean that the baby doesn't do anything it doesn't learn the baby will pick up the pattern from wherever and try to make its life it's born to survive it's not born to die so that's the point which we need to for us it's an opportunity for caregivers for parents for prenatal educators for all of us an arrival of a newborn or a child to come an energy to come is the biggest opportunity for all of us so that we can contribute to what to the individual who's going to groom into a, an adult at some point of time in their lives to the family which is right now and the his own family or her own family which is going to come up at a later stage to society to the world at large in fact every dimension you can think of and you, if you believe in the scriptures the impact of this carries on to seven generations okay. so tell me seven yeah. generations so tell me which is the best you this is the best thing which anybody can do yeah. so parents need to get this knowledge fundamentally prepare themselves you can't take it for granted that i know it because what you know and what comes into the conscious mind may be two different things so are you holistically empowered is the question if you believe you are please go ahead that's a good way of progressing but if you think you are incapable find the resources there are plenty of plenty of them around the world you know yeah so again going back to what i'd said that we are innately human so we know but we don't know what we don't know so it's kind of a uh, an a, um let's say let's say exposure to a new world to say oh so this is a dimension i could work and then take that information to work it a little bit more holistically whatever that means to you so you know when we say we send our children to school we could also send them to different kinds of school and that may be our belief so some of us may feel that oh getting marks and academics is the only thing to do while others may feel that sports i want to send my child to a sports school because he should excel in sports while others may think that oh no i'd like to find a school that nurtures the baby's personality it's also your own growth so i think it's not a transformative time for only the baby to soak in but it's also a time for the parents to reinvent themselves to yet another dimension of being human through the baby the need of the baby so it's mutually beneficial as far absolutely. as i see it this absolutely uh, because with, absolutely very well said divya ji because with every arrival there's a major impact on the lives of the parents there's a major impact on the lives of the parents and in fact the extended family even siblings get included so there is there is a huge impact of these energies and the more we are conscious and work with it with awareness the game changes so that's the point right any, any other question which you think is uh... no so yeah so it one says that how do birthing professionals include early consciousness in pregnancy and birth ah uh, there are plenty of ways you can look at it 
you know first and foremost is to know that this baby has more dimensions than what we know okay the moment i am in awareness then i've outlined a the faculties which are available to the child you can research you can learn about that you can pick it up as formal knowledge how to use each of these faculties like sensorily how can i teach the child through through visuals how can i teach the child through sounds how can i teach the child through other things these are facets of knowledge which are available then the question of if you want to access ancient wisdom or a combine a combination with uh, modern sciences there are organizations which are there including omnia future academy which does a lot of this and there are plenty of free courses which are there on our website you can look that up look it up and do it which is basically uh, primal knowledge which which are from the rishis okay we have no proprietary rights over it it's from them from the rishis so we've made it available for a lot of people free the, the basic foundational courses are always free from us in fact we run some of these programs for almost 3 to 4 weeks which are full time courses as in 2 hours per day through you know 2 to 3 weeks so people who want to pick that kind of knowledge which is without any kind of charge are free to pick it up because this is really holistic knowledge or there are uh, books there are uh, other knowledge platforms which are available so there are many places how you to need to do it is simply become aware pick up the facets of knowledge if you believe that's good enough fine if you need hand holding in terms of you know converting it into practice there will be many forums there will be many fora there will be organizations which can which can guide you into into it pick it up and start working with the baby as soon as you can yesterday is always the day yeah so so your actions are a manifestation of your intention from where the child will grow basically you you are not just growing the child you are reinventing yourself as the parent and that commitment shines through taking interest in how we can support the baby's growth to its full potential absolutely absolutely i see this question from manish dhingra yes it says can you say recommend some songs and hymns which can be compiled for pregnant parents to hear is there a link you can share actually there are plenty of them plenty of uh, songs and narrations in fact if you just get into our website you know there are free courses called teachable moments for parents in the course of infancy in fact all of the in utero reading books which we have mere reading of that content is good enough for the baby so in the form of uh, uh, you know in the english language you can actually do that if you want to pick up sanskrit verses if you want to do shlokas and there are compilations which are there again you will find accesses to some of them on our website you can pick that up if there are uh, things which you want to practice in terms of stories parables narrations those are also there in fact all these resources which 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 people commonly need you will find many of them on our website so people who just want a birds eye view the teachable moments courses these are free courses as i mentioned to you you just need to enroll on the website and you get access to the academy look up these courses you'll find plenty of resources there so all the hymns all the songs all the stories all the narrations every one of them is easily available so we've listed it out for you it says uh, it is omniofuture.com yeah omniofuture.com or academy.omniofuture.com okay so the, you get directly into the academy and uh, from there you can access all these resources think of it as a starting point for your own exploration uh, uh we uh, we also i mean i at least also believe that this baby and you are in a divine communication so you'll be led to places 
where the baby will get what they need. They are working through you. But do make an effort for that first step and see how you will be guided. Absolutely. You will be guided into it. It's a confluence all the while. Just walk the path and you shall be carried ahead. Take the with first that, step. It'll happen. Thank you for sharing these wonderful resources with us. And thank you so much for joining us for Coffee Con. Uh, I cannot thank you enough, Shiva. Shivoham. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you, everybody. It was a pleasure to be there with you. May Devi Ma bless you all, all the while. Shivoham. Namaste. Namaste. For everybody listening to us today and in the future, this was Ancient Wisdom in Prenatal Period, just simplified, bringing in the science as it's now coming up in the field of pre and perinatal psychology and health. This was Shiva Kumar Balwadi talking about Ancient Wisdom. We have more offerings for you. Uh, we are not still at the end of the month and we are bringing in Sangeeta Pai on Monday talking about complementary therapies for both mothers and babies to, through pregnancy, through birth and uh, even in, for children. And we will see you on Monday at 9 p.m. Thank you. If you want to access all these different conversations, you can join us on our e-learning program, which is elearning.birthbonds.com. Thank you so much and good night. Thank you.